My Yesun Nikon. Jesus is enough. Welcome to Grace Walk Radio. I just said that in Welsh, Caleb. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> well, welcome, my brother. Uh, when did you have time to learn Welsh? Well, um, they've got these really cool resources on Google called English to <laughs> another language translator, and I just picked the Welsh one. And nice. it actually has a little um, a little speaker where if you hit it, it'll pronounce it. You can like hear it audibly pronounced. So I, I actually I literally practiced that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have any Welsh listeners, please tell us whether that was accurate. <laughs> I don't think I did it very good. I I think there was a little maybe a little nuance that I missed there. But I, let me say this: uh, the reason I picked that was in honor of my wife, who is Welsh and uh, mm-hmm. whose parents. Uh, at least whose father comes from a Welsh background. They actually still have a, a little Welsh society building up in Richville, New York, where she's from in Northern New York, way Northern New York. And uh, I've actually attended their annual like church service that they still have once a year. Wow. In Welsh. Interesting. Uh, was it, uh, some of it was English, but there was definitely some, uh, some Welsh stuff okay. going on. So anyway, so that was to honor my wife. So, my Yesun Nigon, Jesus is enough. Very good. Very good. <laughs> well, thanks, Caleb. All right. Well, here we are. You and I are still socially distanced. Yes. Uh, how's, how's things going with you? Oh, things are going well. You know, we're physically, we feel fine, you know, and that's, that's encouraging. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're ready for the distancing to be over. But most importantly, we just want to make sure that everybody, is staying safe and uh so we're reaching out to the body in the ways that we can um you know through prayer and through phone calls and text messaging and video conferencing and and whatnot so uh yeah i keep thinking about what it will be like the first service or whatever we're able to gather together again and i imagine there will be lots of tears and lots of hugging yeah maybe hugging (laughs) (laughs) As, as long as the restrictions are off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you find that people are, are struggling with right now? We're about, what are we, about three, four weeks into the quarantine? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think right now people are probably struggling the most with the anxiety of the unknown, you know, the economy. Uh, and sometimes the economy, when we say that, that's a really broad term. Um, I guess where it gets down to brass taxes, how is this affecting my income, you know, my paycheck? Yeah. And I think people are a little bit afraid of that, you know, that, you know, especially staying home for so long. Some have been laid off. Some have been furloughed. Some have been, you know, just told go home and they have no, no certainty of what, what's coming. Well, that's really what we want to talk about today is that God is our provider. Um, this has become a major issue, a major part of the crisis besides the health crisis itself. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people uh, also struggling with the isolation and, you know, getting the blues or getting depression. And um, I, I think one of the maybe the third major thing people are struggling with is what you just mentioned, and that is um, the financial implications of this. And, and today we just want to encourage you that. God is our provider. The mission of this show is to talk about how to live under grace in a modern world. You know, we can't get beyond 
uh, the Word of God. Uh, it's as relevant today as ever. It has answers for us today in this crisis, uh, the daily things that we are facing. It has answers for us. And so talking about living under grace uh, in a modern world, in a modern crisis, uh, we believe that the Scriptures can encourage us in that. And we also, uh, the second prong of our mission is to talk about the gospel and belief and practice. So we want to do that today regarding the financial crisis that many of us are struggling with around COVID-19 and all of that. Um, Caleb, uh, you know, regarding that, um, how have you seen uh, Christians respond uh, and maybe how have you seen unbelievers respond? Like, how, how are you seeing, you know, people who don't have the hope of the promises of God struggling with this particular topic. Yeah. So for believers, um, because kind of my f- primary, I guess, uh, action during this time has been to help our, our church family and to try to, um, I don't know, provide different means of encouragement and, and kind of, I was talking to you earlier about it. It's like kind of like a triage type of situation, obviously not saying I'm like some kind of health hero or anything like that. I'm just saying like the response has felt like triage at times. It's just unexpected and at odd times. But um, I've primarily interacted because of that with believers. And it seems to me that the response in our local church family has been extremely positive a lot of faith a lot of you know reaching out one to another having said that there have been moments of people struggling yeah or anxiety there have been those moments and so um encouraging one another because what i've seen is that there has been days where i was able to encourage someone and then there's been days where people have been able to encourage me uh, so there's no, there's nobody going through this who is like supercharged, you know, super Mario, just like blasting their way through this feeling, you know, like I could conquer the world. N- nobody is feeling that. I don't believe we're, we're all kind of in this moment by moment, you know, maybe it feels like a roller coaster a bit at times. Um, but overall I've been encouraged because there's just such a great response from the body, checking in on one another, providing as the Lord has provided for us, providing for one another. And so that's been great. On the opposite side, you know, the second part of your question, um, in regards to unbelievers, um, it appears to me, and and most of these interactions have been uh, primarily, uh, primarily, I suppose, through social media. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, that response has been extremely fearful and extremely angry. Um, I'll be honest. I think one of the ways that we need to kind of adjust to get through this um, is to maybe lay aside the social media habits that we may have for the time being, because there's a lot of dark, depressing stuff being thrown out there. You know, whether it's people blaming the government, people blaming the health officials, the conspiracy theories, the the just response of anger that that is out there, it 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 beats you down a bit. And so I, I think it's one of those areas where we need to look and see what voices we're listening to. 
yeah. make sure that we're pouring the word of God into our hearts and, and not so much the, the doubt and fear that's out there. So that, that's been my interactions. At least I don't have a ton of interactions with unbelievers during this time, mainly because of the social distancing, but also because, um, you know, it, it, it's mainly been through social media, you know, and, and that, that voice has been rather bleak. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about Christians, um, changing our voice. Um, if it needs to be changed at all. I, I do think a lot of Christians have been willing to die on maybe political hills. Um, and I don't know, just our society is sinful, right? <laughs> I mean, it's fallen. Yeah. So yeah. to sit there and, and be a Christian observer, like, oh, look how terrible it is. And look how sinful this person is. And look how awful this situation is. Like, is that really the response that a Christian should have to our society? And should we be shocked that our society is steeped in sin. So I don't know, I, I guess I've taken the approach myself where people have enough negative stuff that they're reading and not only that toxic stuff. Um, yeah. You know, one of my friends on Twitter recently just said, I've never seen Twitter so toxic. And I agree with him. It's like people are just shredding each other and, and just complaining about this and that and, and being so negative about so many things. And I think that Christians I don't want to say be positive, like, hey, be fake and happy, but I mean, be hopeful, be yeah. merciful, um, share the word of God, the promises of God that are getting us through this. And I think that's a good perspective to have. And, um, you know, I think that it's really easy to slip into that negativity, but I do think that we need to remember that Jesus said we're the light of the world. So let's get um, back to our topic here. Uh, you know, we want to encourage you. And I do like what you were saying about God's people serving God's people during this time. Uh, and going back to a previous episode we had about ordinary means of grace, I, I do think that God's people are a means of like natural, physical, uh, financial grace for one another as we bear one another's burdens during this time. To see that is so beautiful and powerful. You know, I, I have a personal testimony on that. This week, I, we had a member of our group lose their job. Um, so neither the husband nor the wife, uh, had a job that the man was like a Mr. Mom and working at home and helping and, and, um, and then their car broke down. Actually, I'm sorry. The, the guy was actually doing a uh, DoorDash, So he was using the car to get some part-time income. So their car breaks down. So not only did she lose her job, he even lost the part-time income they had. And, yeah. um, you know, he reached out to the group and said, pray for us. And within minutes, um, one of our group members, um, offered to pay for the repair on the car. And then we decided to take up an offering for them, a group offering for them to help meet their needs during this time. And literally within minutes, we raised five, 600 bucks for their needs. And um, it was just so awesome just to see that demonstration of God's love. And I love that. And I think that's mm -hmm. one way that we can love one another this during this time and show the world that we love one another, you know, as we bear one another's burdens. Yeah. That's such a powerful testimony. You know, it just even even if it's just for believers, you know, to encourage our faith. That to me, that's such a powerful testimony of what God is doing, because you know, like that didn't require like a top-down approach where you, as the pastor, had to like sit there and say, "Okay, guys, this is what we're gonna do." Right now, I'm telling you, you need to give this amount. 
God just led people to contribute to each other's needs and, and bear each other's burdens. And, you know, from what you've described, it sounds like it was a joyful sharing of the burden. Look how quickly it happened. You know, that that's supernatural. That's not something that just happens in, you know, if I look at my budget and my bank account, I'm going to go in my, in my, in the flesh and my natural abilities, I'm going to say, I'm not going to share any of this, <laughs> but God changes that, that outlook that I can have this, this look of like, man, I need to, need to help my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it, it's like, it's supernatural, but in, in, in a way for a Christian, it becomes naturally supernatural. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Like the, the instinct was there uh, to just immediately just give. And, and I so appreciate that. And I think that, yeah, I think that as believers, we need to just be willing to give into that instinct, even sacrificially. And, and God will, will bless us for that. Yeah. And there's a few things we want to encourage you in today. Um, I, I have three thoughts myself that I just kind of wanted to share with our audience and talk about with you in light of God being our provider during this time. And the first thing I want to say is exactly that. God is our provider. Um, our government is not our ultimate provider. God can use our government. Um, you know, our, our, our wisdom, our career, uh, you know, all those things, surely those become avenues where God can, he can uh, reach us with the provision we need. But ultimately, uh, he is the source of our provision. And and the scriptures really encourage us to think that way, and in doing so, to to really put out the fire, the the raging fire of anxiety that can burn in our hearts. Because what the scriptures encourage is that God is a father to us; He has a father's heart for us. Um, think about you know you who are parents out there. Think about the love you have for your children or your grandchildren. If they're hungry. It's it's your instinct to want to feed them. It's, it's it's parentally like you want to do that. And just last night, I was sitting at the dinner table, just watching my son eat food. And I got to be honest, Caleb, I was moved just by the simplicity of watching him eat. I don't know why. I just as a dad, I was just really I was almost moved to tears just to watch him eating yeah. food. Um, and, and maybe part of that is just, I've been in Africa, you know, I've spent almost a year of my life in Africa. Um, I, on the same note, by the way, another one of my kids, my nine-year-old son said, what's for dinner? I'm starving. And I'm like, kid, you ain't starving. I've seen starving children <laughs> and you ain't one of them. <laughs> but, you know, so I don't take, I don't take food for granted. I've been in yeah. the third world. I've been in poverty stricken areas and, um, and yet, even in those poverty-stricken areas, I've seen God and heard the testimonies of God providing for his children. Um, Caleb, maybe you could read that great text from Matthew 6, which is just loaded with the, the Father's heart for us, uh, just anxiety-destroying promises from, from Christ. So uh, let, let's read that, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, so Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? The Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Hey, soul, why are you scared again? (laughs) Seriously, like... How, as a Christian, when I hear the words of Christ, that's, I mean, this speaks directly to the issues of the practical parts of our life, finances, clothing, um, food, and he just speaks right to it with such calmness and gentleness and certainty. Man, how can you read that and walk away with a troubled heart? It's just so full of, of just promise and life, you know, that, I mean, these are the things that should be encouraging us during this time and we should be encouraging one another with those things. And the answer is right in the text. Um, he says, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. It is our faith in Christ, in his promises during this time that, that make the heart at ease and give us contentment and hope that God is a father to us who will provide for us. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I remember that story of George Mueller. We mentioned George Mueller very recently in a podcast. Uh, I, I believe it was, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sorry when I say stuff like that, it's like, I've been doing <laughs> blogs and podcasts and live streams and, you know, personal phone calls and counseling. And, and of course this, this uh, Grace Walk radio and all that, I don't remember where I said stuff sometimes, (laughs) Um, but George Mueller, there's a story about uh, his granddaughter. Uh, When she was young, uh, Mueller was staying at her house and the granddaughter said to her mother, I want to learn to pray like Grandpa George. And she said, well, go up and talk to him. So she went upstairs and he was in his, you know, in the guest room and, and uh, she said, Grandpa George. And he said, yes, sweetheart. She said, I want to learn to pray like you. He said, oh, come in here, sweetheart. Let's, let me show you how. So she got up on his lap and he had her fold her hands together. And he said, okay, bow your head. And she bowed her head. And he said, now, what is it that you want? And she said, I want a dolly or a dress for my dolly. I want a dress for my dolly. And he said, okay, folded hands and bowed her head and said, repeat after me, heavenly father, heavenly father, Please give me a dress for my dolly. Please give me a dress for my dolly. In Jesus' name, amen. So she picked up her head and looked at her grandfather and said, that's it? He said, yep, that's it. And uh, she happily hopped off his lap and walked out of the room. But right before she shut the door, she leaned her head back in and said, she actually looked up at, at God and said, a blue dress, please. And so, sure enough, within the next few days, in the mail came a blue dress for her dolly from somebody that had no idea that she'd wanted that. And she went on to become a missionary to China, I believe it was China, later on in life, and cited that story 
as one of the great lessons in her life that taught her that God was a father for her who would provide for her. Um, and so it's true for all of us that he is and will provide for us. And I guess one of the things I'd want to say too, Caleb is there is a tendency to want to deliver ourselves. Um, and this is where it's so mm-hmm. important to understand grace and living under grace, that God is our sufficiency, that Jesus is enough for us, that we ought to go all in on our trust in him because legalism says I'm the answer. Legalism says I can do it and I will do it and I'll save myself. And so we deliver ourselves and that can take forms in very dangerous external habits, like putting it on a credit card. <laughs> it's so easy just to go, well, God didn't come through, so I'll trust MasterCard. And I'm not saying there's not times to ever use credit cards, but yeah. I think that our society is addicted to those types of, of resources and solutions. When sometimes God doesn't come at the 11th hour, sometimes he comes at 1230 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we just need to wait and trust him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it can be very easy to trust in modern conveniences, but that's no different than trusting in my my abilities to provide as a human. And I think sometimes we're put into situations by the Lord in his sovereign providential plan that strips away all of those things. And um, in those moments, we see, you know, just how how great he is and how, you know, much of a father he is. I, I can recall, you know, the, over the past couple of years, just God coming through in ways that are, you know, um, a miracle, really. I mean, um, I haven't talked a lot about it, but last year at the beginning of the year, um, so a little over a year ago, uh, I found myself unemployed. Um, you know, laid off from my job. And uh, looking back at that season of my life, I I can't remember a time ever in my life that I saw God provide in such amazing ways like then. And walking, having come through that, you know, I can, I can say without a doubt that God provides for his children. Now that providence that he, you know, you know, his provision for us during that time was not what we find in most of today's modern prosperity gospel. It was not, I'm the head and, you know, not the tail, name it and claim it. You know, I didn't have a million bucks. I had enough to pay my bills and put food on the table. And it would come at times when we weren't expecting it, when the bank account was at zero. But, you know, in the midst of it, God provided and taught us how to trust him. And I think it's a great disservice to think that we'll never need, but God is going to meet those needs and we can trust him as our father to provide for those needs. But sometimes it is going to sting a little in the midst of it as we're learning to trust him and continue to anchor our hearts in Christ. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, Another point I wanted to share regarding what you just said, really, is we have to remember that God is concerned about our souls first. He's concerned more about the internal than the external. And sometimes he's willing to allow the external to be shaken so that the internal will come to a place of security. Um, 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health, as your soul prospers. 
And, you know, you just mentioned the prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel. And, and this verse tells us why. Because if we measure prosperity merely externally, we're missing the biblical definition of prosperity. And that is true prosperity, true riches, yeah. is having the riches of Christ. It's having the riches of faith, the riches of the fellowship of his spirit with our spirit, um, and being completely satisfied in the Lord Jesus. Uh, that's true prosperity. Now, do I believe that God wants us in poverty? No, this scripture actually talks about uh, external prosperity and good health, but it makes the tie to the soul prosperity. And it says, I pray that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. In other words, if our soul's not prospering, God in his kindness and love is willing and zealous to bring us through circumstances that will cause us to lean into him and to know him more. And um, I think we need to note that because the prosperity gospel says that, you know, if you are not experiencing external prosperity, that you have a lack of faith that you just need more faith. You're not trusting the promises of God enough. And so you just need to sort of hit God like a heavenly pinata and you'll get the candy. You'll get the good stuff out of them. If you just can find the right, the right, uh, you know, potion or incantation or uh, confession of faith. And bro, that is nothing short of witchcraft with Bible verses on it. It's, it's twisted. Um, because true biblical prosperity yeah. is, is within. Because here's the thing. If we say that prosperity is external, you, the, the, one of the biggest problems I have with that is we're sending a message to the world that we don't have anything better than you have. We're actually after the same stuff you're after. We just know how to get it with this sort of spiritual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we broke the code. And, and uh, that, that is just tragic because there's no message in that that says that Jesus is all satisfying and Jesus is enough. And so it's, it's a false gospel because it puts the focus away from Christ on external things. And it, it, and it really loses sight of the fact that God in his love for us will allow situations like the COVID-19 crisis in order to deepen our fellowship with him and our trust in him and deepen our soul prosperity. It just makes me think that probably for the majority of those prosperity preachers, They've probably, the only bit of the book of Philippians they've ever read maybe is, you know, I can do all things through Christ. And they've picked that out. And, and like you said, they've twisted it to meet their own, their own agenda and their own message. Because if you look through the rest of the book, Paul is in jail. He's suffering for the sake of Christ. And he's, he's looking at all, you know, whether it's been in, in times of blessing or in times of persecution in times of prosperity on in the physical sense and in times of nothingness. And he says, it's all worth it. You know, it, it, I can be content in all of it. So if you look at Paul who, you know, wrote, you know, half the new Testament and was, you know, the, the apostle to the Gentiles, he's the one that planted churches all over the place, eventually was martyred for the faith. If you look at him and his life, he, he's probably not the best example of pros, prospering in regards to wealth. You know, if that's what the epitome of faith is, I think that most of the prosperity preachers would look at Paul and even Christ and say they didn't have enough faith because their lives didn't match what these preachers are <laughs> exactly. saying. So, you know, if 
Jesus, who is the center of all that we are as believers, didn't live that type of life, how can you possibly think that that is what right. it should look like for us? Yeah, it's true. And, you know, the, the scriptures command the believer to walk by faith. So that means by definition, if you're going to walk by faith, there are going to be times when I won't see and when I need to just trust God implicitly. So I, I, I think that to circle back to the point we're making here, God is concerned about our souls first, and he, he wants to deepen our revelation of himself and our grasp of his sufficiency and our, our faith in him and his promises. And the only way that's possible is to go through things like the coronavirus quarantine. Um, so just yeah. remember that during this time, that God, God is doing wonderful things in the souls of many people, including you, including you, the hearers of this, uh, this podcast and those who attend our churches. And, and uh, I think that's an important lesson. And finally, and uh, I'll keep mm-hmm. this short just because I want to wrap up the, the show here today. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say was that because God's called us to live by faith and trust him, uh, that means that not only do we trust in him, but faith gives, doesn't it? Like faith, faith, trust God yeah. enough to give. So I want to encourage you not to stop giving to others during this time. And this is kind of circling back to what we talked about when we started the show and how we're seeing believers act toward one another, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, only faith can do that because I think you see someone else in need and you go, well, I'm kind of in need. I'm, I'm kind of struggling. Um, so think about the picture, though, of bearing a burden. That means you're actually taking a little weight on yourself. It, you feel that a little bit. So to truly yeah. walk by faith means that you're going to take a little weight on at times and help your brother or sister who are in need, sometimes at your own expense. But that is faith. So I want to encourage you to not stop giving to others, giving to your church family, giving to your church during this time. Um, as we walk this season out. And, and I, I'm not saying that to be self-serving. A good part of people who listen to our show don't even attend our church. So I, I just want to encourage us to you know, act like believers during this time because we have faith in the promises of God and we are under grace and we are at rest in him, even during the storms that are going on around us. And, and I did want to point out too, it, um, one of the interesting facts that uh, I came across was statistically, the most frequent donors to missionary work, missionaries <laughs> and pastors. Um, and I guess that shouldn't surprise us. You know, those who are willing to uh, put their lives on the line and give up the inconveniences and the comforts of this world and, and live by faith um, are willing to give because that is an extension of faith. And that's no condemnation to those um, you know, who are not missionaries or pastors in, in any way. I, I'm just showing you that uh, it, it's the instinct of those who live by faith is to give. Uh, and, and I think that needs to be marked during this time, because not only do we need to trust God for, for our provision, we need to trust God to provide through us as well for our brothers and sisters. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Uh, stay encouraged. Uh, stay in, in, a, in a state of rest in Christ during this time. Uh, that is yours in Christ Jesus and know that he is your father and he will provide for you. And that at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day and in the middle of the day, Jesus 
is enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening.